Keen is alert. My heart is receptive. I will not leave the same. All right, Exodus chapter number 17. Exodus chapter number 17. Starting in verse number 11. Exodus 17, 11. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. And when he let them down his hand, Elimelech prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited the Elimelech and his people with the edge of the sword. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this morning and we'll just pray as we look into this a topic of intercession, Lord. Just pray that again, you'd be honored, you'd be glorified, that we'd be edified, that we'd be encouraged, Lord, to, uh, and we're going to look at it, but a short definition of intercession or to intercede is to stand in the gap when you told us to stand in the gap, Lord. I really think that this part of the Christian life is lacking right now. So I just pray that we would stand. New Testament, having done all to stand. Lord, again, we just pray that you'd be honored and you'd be glorified. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Intercession. Definition. Again, intercession is the act of intervening on the behalf of another. And we see here in Exodus at chapter number 17, the verses that we read, the story. They were had to go to battle. They had to fight for something. And I have no idea why. But if we read all throughout Scripture, God decided all the way back in Genesis for some reason that he's, He chose. And again, I don't know why. I had a conversation this week. I don't trust anybody. I don't even trust myself. But God trusts me a little, a little bit because He chose to work with, in, and through people. I mean, uh, we are supposed to reach the world. That's working with us. The Holy Spirit is inside of us. He's working inside of us. Intercession, intercessors are people who stand between people and things for the glory of God. But God doesn't always do things the way that makes sense to us. Can I tell you again, I think that this aspect of the Christian life is lacking in today's church. There are very few people that are intercessors. We, because if we're not careful, it, it can look like we're being a busybody. And obviously the Lord's against that. But listen, you've got, you've got to stand and help people. 
But many times, and we're going to look at it using this as an illustration, most of the time standing in intercession for someone isn't the way that we typically think that it would be. Joshua isn't because we want to do something for God. And if we look at this story, Joshua is the only one that's doing anything. And when we, humanly speaking, when we look at it, Joshua's down, Joshua's down there fighting the battle. Moses is just standing up there looking stupid. And it's, it says that Moses up there holding up his hands. When his hands drop, that's when they start losing. Later in the day, people are getting tired. And what does Aaron and her do? Now, I don't know about you, but if I was if I was Aaron and her and I'm looking down in the valley, Moses is nowhere near the battle. And I see that my we're losing. Brother Myers in the military, Mr. Cole, Mr. Carago. If if you, you guys are, are out there fighting and, and you're losing, and here comes reinforcements. But they go to the command center and not to the front lines, I think they'd make you a little ticked off. But Aaron Hurd up to Moses and not down to the battle. But can I tell you, without any Moses, there's not going to be any victory. Without Aaron and her holding up Moses's Hands, there's not going to be any victory. Without Joshua leading them, there's not going to be any victory. And without an army, Joshua couldn't do it himself. There's not going to be a victory. If we're going to intercede, we have to understand that each one of us has our place. And it may not always be the same place. Luke chapter number 18 tells us the story of the unjust judge. The lady had a, a grievance. She goes to the judge and the judge wouldn't hear, didn't care. She kept coming and kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And eventually, not, not because he changed his mind, not because he got right with God, not for any other reason besides, it says for, because she was driving him nuts. He said, fine, whatever. And let her have her way. Which was eventually, it was right. Jesus said that he told his disciples that story. About the lady who was being mistreated. For two reasons. That they should always to pray. And that they never give up. Colossians chapter number 4 tells us the story of Epaphras. It says, Who is one of you, a servant of God? And then it goes on to say, Always wrestling in prayer for you. That you can stand for in the will of God, mature and fully assured. I had a conversation with 
couldn't have the last few weeks. Listen, we've got to be fully assured of things. Listen, there's there's all kinds of, of cute phrases and, and that you grew up in Christianity. I was talking to Mrs. Cole. She took communion at an Episcopal church and was not prepared for it. Because there's just certain things that you're used to. I, I remember when I went to a funeral when I was a kid, I, I can't even remember what church it was, but it was a distant relative. And the auditorium had the pews on three sides. The pews are going that way, pews are going that way, pews are going this way, which was really weird. And then they had like a fence around the middle, and it just had a small platform, but it was in the middle of the room, basically. And they had a fence all the way around. I don't know what that was about, but anyway. And uh, they had uh, hymn books in the pews. And, you know, I'm a little kid, so I... Funeral, they creep me out anyway, even as an adult. But anyway, and so <laughs> I'm flipping through the songbook, and I will not forget. How many of you, uh, flip, flipping through our hymn book, remember seeing the song on Jordan Stormy Banks? Do you remember that? I, don't know, I, I think it's in ours. But anyway, in their hymn book, it says... On Jordan Stormy Banks, but that's not the end of the title. It says Baptist Cry. I don't even remember what the song said. It's like, never even heard of it before. We have to be fully assured. And if people, listen, if we're doing our job as intercessors, the first thing, if you notice, in Colossians, it says wrestle. That's work. You guys, you're not even here again. You're not working for yourself, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. You're working for somebody else. Wrestle for someone else that they can stand for God. Stand in the will of God. Fully, fully convinced that what they're doing listen if as a mature Christian if the things you're doing and the things you're saying and the things you're teaching aren't causing people to be fully assured that they're standing in the will of God you're not an intercessor I realize there's so many places that we can go with that. But why, why do you do what you do? Well, because mom and daddy did it. Because preacher told me I was supposed to. Listen, the, the time is going to come when that doesn't fly anymore. Why do you do what you do? Because I saw in Scripture it's the will of God. And I'm fully convinced. Now listen. My will is not the same as your will. But you had better be fully convinced that it's of God. If you're not fully convinced, then someone wasn't doing their job. It's not an easy task. I think we're seeing that in today's society. It's not an easy, listen, wait, Russell, not easy. Why do we need to do this? 
I mean, God already knows everything. Why are we going to put ourselves through this? Wrestling on someone else's behalf. Standing in the gap. I mean, that's what... That's what the military does, physically speaking. Why are, why are we over there in all those different countries? So they don't come here? There's, it's a buffer... Bad, we either got to fight the bad people somewhere else or fight them here. Why do we put ourselves through that then? Because it's the will of God. And I, and I, listen, while I was preparing for this week, I, I was trying to figure out when did this, because like I said, this is lacking in the Christian church today. When did it start lacking? And I, I, was, I, I was reading all kinds of church history. I don't know when it, when it started lacking. Standing. Not, not mean, not rude, not any of that. But listen, there's... The devil is a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. And there's people that are going to have to stand. Because, listen, we've got little kids. You'd be su Well, maybe I, I was surprised when I began to see and understand. Before a kid is a teenager, nowadays, they very well could have had their life ruined. The rest of their life. Because someone wasn't attentive. Someone wasn't interceding for them. There's, listen, there was a, a young man that me and Kendra both know. Before, before he was a teenager, his older cousin was supposed to be in charge. While his, his parents and his aunt and uncle went, you know, on an outing because, you know, sometimes you got to get away from your kids. And his older cousin told him to do something that was inappropriate. And he's on the offenders list for the rest of his life. Before he was a teenager. His life is ruined. Can't get a job. Can't live certain places. Can't go certain places. Why? Because someone didn't intercede for him. And you could say, you know, his parents' fault, his aunt and uncle's fault for raising such a <laughs> of a kid that would tell someone else to do that, or the older cousins. So it was somebody. But listen. Interceding. A lot of times when we talk about intercession, we talk about prayer. And again, there, there's nothing, I'm not preaching against this, there's nothing wrong with it. But a lot of times prayer is selfish. Lord, this is what I want, so make it happen. I need this. I think so-and-so needs this. 
and it's selfish. We pray for things that would make it better off or easier for us. Listen, those are prayers of petition. Requesting for God to meet our need. What can I tell you? Intercessory prayer is selfless. You're not praying for anything to do for you. It's, it's a standing in the gap. You're standing in between a thing whether it be a, a situation, whatever it might be, a medical diagnosis, you're standing between that thing and that person. And listen, we're all supposed to be ambassadors. We're a representative of God. Intercession expressing a, is a willingness to bear the burdens of others. And can I tell you something amazing happens? When we're willing, God acts. Have you ever gotten to the point, listen, perfect, and I'm, and I'm not telling you to do this, but I'm just giving this as an example. Lord, whatever this is, I pray that you take that away from them. Even if that means you've got to put it on me. Intercession. Isn't that what Jesus did? Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they do. I pray that you take their sin from them. So they can be perfect. So they can go to heaven. Even if that means you've got to put it on me. Isaiah chapter number 59. See, because the Lord's hand isn't short to save. Nor is his ear dull to hear. But our iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden your face. So you can't hear. See, there's nothing wrong with God's power. And there's nothing wrong with God's knowledge. Yeah, God knows. And his hand is mighty to save. The reason why things aren't changing is because there's people that aren't standing in the gap. There's people that are not interceding. Look down at, at uh, verses 15. The consequences, the Lord is displeased. There was no justice. Because he saw there wasn't anybody and he was appalled. He was mad, disappointed, angry that there was no one to intervene. 
don't know about you, but it kind of sounds like the world we're living in, doesn't it? Why can't you just leave me alone? Let me believe what I want to believe. God won't let me. I'm sorry if that makes you mad. I'm going to be as loving and as kind and as caring as I can be, but God won't let me. Well, I just want to do, listen, I... Kids, they talk to the parents. Why can't I do what everybody else does? Because God won't let me. When you're 18, you can do it. You're out of my house. I have more control over you. Hopefully by then you learn. Why? I said, I, wait, kids get themselves in trouble at an early age. Why? Because there's no one interceding. I mean, again, I'm not trying to be mean. Go talk to a medical doctor. The brain stem doesn't fully connect until you're in your 20s. That's medical. I'm not, I'm, and again, I'm not trying to be mean. But you don't think right until you're in your 20s. <coughs> Jeremiah chapter number 5, God, God says, well, go up and down the streets of Jerusalem and look. Search everywhere, city streets, the squares. For one person. And I'll forgive. God comes to Abraham and says, Listen, lots of living in a sinful city. I'm going to destroy the whole city. And Abraham talks to God down from 50 to 10. Listen, lot, eight, one or two people depending on how you figure out your math and the definition of family. Lot had to lead one or two people to Christ. That's it. There's no one standing. Ezekiel, I looked for a man among them. Make up the hedge and stand in the gap so I wouldn't destroy it, but I found none. Listen, there's, right there's three examples in Scripture where God was just looking for one person. One. To intercede. Listen, I, I said the other week, and I'll probably say it again. Listen, there's Lots of things about Martin Luther. Listen, he tried to kill just as many Christians as the, as the Catholics did. But I do appreciate him for saying, his statement, here I stand, I can't do anything else. Listen, he, he did what he thought was right. He's no different than Paul. Paul's going around killing people because he thought it was the will of God. Now, obviously, he was misguided and he was confused. But he thought he was doing right. Just one. Listen, there's no age, status, influence. Listen. He's like, I just want a warm body. That's it. That's all. That's all I need is a warm body.
Can I tell you, intercession is a priestly action. And as the New Testament church, we believe in the priesthood of the believer. And yet, how many of us don't exercise the priestly action? To him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. I hate to break it to you, but if you didn't know it before now, if you walk out of here and you're not going to be an intercessor for someone, it's now sin for you. It's now you know better. I know things, Pastor, for that one. We look around our world. Doesn't that, it looks like the world we find ourselves in right now. Listen, it's, it's not a political problem. It's not even a prejudice problem. It's not even a pandemic problem. Yes, I alliterated it for once. Are you proud of me? It's just a simple fact that the church isn't interceding for people. Intercession is where we stand in the gap so others who are dead can find life. I read this statement this week. If we truly love people, we will desire for them far more than it is within our power to give them. And this will lead us to prayer. Intercession is a way of loving others. I've been saying it recently. If you were as smart as God, you'd want what God wants for you. Intercession is as wanting for other people what God wants for them. Look at Romans chapter number 26. Hopefully by now... If you didn't have a desire to intercede for someone, you do now. But yes, it's heavy. Yes, it's a burden. Can I be honest with you? It's a weight that we can't bear. Look at Romans chapter number 8. Verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, those things that we can't accomplish. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. We all love that verse. Well, you know that when, when I, I just don't know what to pray or what to do or, or anything like that, then the, the Holy Spirit steps in and takes over. But so many times we miss the context. This is likewise. The Holy Spirit only intercedes for you when you're interceding for someone else. If you want that promise, you've got to reach 
You're going to fulfill the requirements. Just like any other promise in the Bible. Give. We, 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 you know, people will, will, will I'm going to get, I'm going to get it, you know, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. But in order to get that, to get to that point, you've got to give first. So we always, we always want the blessings and the benefits that come with the promises. But listen, there are, are very few promises that don't require some sort of action on our behalf. And we miss that. Was it the Holy Spirit prays for us in power we don't own? The Holy Spirit prays for us with wisdom that we lack. The Holy Spirit prays for us in mercy we could never fathom. The Holy Spirit prays for us with a connection we don't possess. The Holy Spirit prays for us with God's will in mind. And the Holy Spirit prays for us with a love we can't contain. Intercession is realizing this, that your need is more important than my need. I don't know if you guys have, have seen it. It, it. it floats around the social media ever so often. I, I see this got a picture of a man and a boy, and they've got the boy is missing a puzzle piece. And the Man is holding a puzzle piece in his hand, handing it to the boy. But if you look closely at the man, he's missing several puzzle pieces. So that's what intercession is. So your need's more important than my need. Your missing piece is more important than my missing matter of fact, I'm going to take a piece that I have and give it to you. So you can fulfill, you can get your missing piece. And the Holy Spirit will fill in my missing pieces. Eventually, you'll get to the point where you can give someone else your missing piece. And allow the Holy Spirit to fill in your missing pieces. Because your need is more important than mine. We can go down through the list of all kinds of things. The world's on their way to hell. Their need's more important than our need. And when we realize and we start acting like other people's needs are more important than our needs, we stop being in the world. Somewhere along the line. Listen, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. The world's hurting. We've got all the missing pieces they need.
We'll close with this statement that I read. The world may spurn our appeals, reject our message, oppose our arguments, and despise our persons. But the world is helpless against our prayers. My dad always made this statement. As a Christian, you've got two offensive weapons in the, in the list of put on the armor of God, right? And all throughout the Bible, you've only got two offensive weapons. You got the sword. That's one-on-one. -on -one. That's close combat. Our other offensive weapon is prayer. That's, that's our nuclear weapon. Reaches around the world. I mean, you think about militarily, the, the technology that we have today, there's somebody playing a video game, essentially, in the desert in Nevada that can drop a nuclear bomb anywhere in the world. And he's just looking at a video screen playing with a joystick. Tens of thousands of miles away. That's what, that's what prayer is. No, you're nowhere near the situation. But we can intercede. And listen, it, as a church, it's lacking. And I'm talking about independent, fundamental, soul winning, King James. I mean, they got all the boxes checked of that magical checklist. They're not interceding. Pastor Amsbaugh made, told me this statement a long time ago. There's two churches in this world. Those that use their people to build their kingdom. And those that use their kingdom to build their people. And there's an awful lot of churches that fall in the first category and not nearly enough that fall in the second. Because they don't intercede for people. And it's showing. And my prayer is that each and every one of us, individually and as a church, we intercede for our community, our family, and the world. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you this evening, or this morning, sorry. Lord, I just pray that we were encouraged and edified, exhorted. Lord, maybe we were even provoked, if necessary, unto good works. But Lord, we need to start interceding. The world is hurting, and it's not political, like I said, it's not medical. It's not any of it. It's sin. And the repercussions of generations after generations after generations of people not interceding. And yeah, I'm not health, wealth, and prosperity, and I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but it's going to take work. But it's a good thing you're all-powerful. You can accomplish things that we can't. Because we're going to need you. 
Lord, so I pray this morning, I don't know how you worked in people's hearts, Lord, but I just pray that this morning we would determine that we're going to intercede. Just Maybe it was just one person that you laid on our hearts that we're going to start interceding for to help them become more like you. For decades we've had a win them, wet them, and work them philosophy where we don't ever teach them. Train them so they're fully assured. Got production line Christianity. Just do what I tell you to do and everybody looks the same. And Listen, that's not interceding because we're not the same. So as the piano begins to play, if you need to do Business with the Lord, I just pray that you do it.